A question for all the Christians. Where's the line? In your faith, where is your line? Thinking about this earlier today had me all fired up, boiling inside. So let's get to it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. And today we are going to do a quick review of the rise and fall of Mars Hill, the podcast they just had come out. But before we dive into that, honey, is there anything you would like to talk about? I want to talk about, or I just want to praise God (laughs) that my mom and my aunt are here and we've seen a total of like, I think 13 people now in three months. Well, most of them from New Mexico, but. I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with us. You know, when we lived in Alaska, a bunch of people came to see us. Then we moved to New Mexico, nobody came to see us. We were there four years. Four years, nobody (laughs) came to see us. And then we moved to Florida and 13 people in three months. So nobody cares to see us, but we lived in some nice locations. Oh, my mom does. Don't say that. And we have a Chick-fil-A that she's pretty excited about. So, Um, But we're happy to have them here. So that is great. And um, just want to give a shout out. We've had some really good conversations back and forth um, on Discord. I've been asking you guys to jump on Discord. Got a great conversation going on Discord. We've had some that we've talked about before on our comments on YouTube. So please keep that going. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. We know that we're not 100% correct in everything, and uh, we want to be uh you know, we want to have conversations and talk and learn and grow just like everybody else. Just hearing a different perspective on something that maybe we haven't thought of. And I think it's okay to have, even if you disagree on something or talking on moral issues. um, I think it's important that we discuss those in a loving, in a loving way. We don't have to argue. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we'll necessarily change our mind. But we at least want to hear from people and, you know, get their points of view. So right. it's been good this week. Last week was good, too. So we would uh, right. love, again, jump on the Discord. Come find us on social media. If you find this episode engaging, please follow us on the podcast. Uh, like and subscribe on YouTube, all that good stuff. We would certainly appreciate it. So like we mentioned, um, we're going to do a quick review Christianity Today hasn't really released a real episode of the rise and fall of Mars Hill. It's been a couple of weeks now, it seems like. Yeah, it's been a while. uh, They did mention in this little short episode that they had that they've run into some backlog here, but they did put out another short episode. It's not necessarily a standalone. It kind of ties in with the greater Mars Hill story. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do just want to take a few minutes to touch on that. and. This episode, it's only about 18 minutes long, so it's kind of short, and they're kind of talking about this founder's myth idea that they've touched on, I think it was in episode two, where they kind of covered this founder's myth idea. Uh, But this episode, not nearly as, you know, hefty as a lot of the other episodes and like rich Mm -hmm. in material. But it's good something to to ponder. Yeah, there were still some good points in there, and that's what we want to touch on. Just a few of the the points that stood out to us, like normal and... um, then we're going to dive into a topic that's been a little more heavy on our hearts. That's what had me all fired up. It wasn't Mars Hill that got me fired up. Um, it was uh, the topic we'll touch on after we get to Mars Hill um, that we kind of mentioned in the open. So 
diving into this Mars Hill podcast, the first thing that I really stood out to me looking at this episode, like kind of in the totality of it, I think it makes Mark Driscoll look pretty bad in mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I guess pretty bad. I don't know. It doesn't make him look terrible. Um, but they kind of show in this episode that he gives different accounts of sort of the founding of the church and sort of his coming to the realization of becoming a pastor. Um, and I think it's a good cautionary tale sort of to us as Christians when we share our testimony and mm-hmm. pastors as well, that like, you don't need to make your calling by God more fantastic. You know, the mm-hmm. simple fact that God saves any of us, calls any of us to do anything like ever is yeah. just so miraculous that you don't need to add like gravity to that. It's already as amazing as it needs to be. That you were like called to something at all. Yeah. Yeah. So Why do we gotta... <laughs> he kind of does that in this episode. They point out that like, you know, his main testimony is always his girlfriend gave him a Bible. He goes to college, opens it up, reads Roman Romans one, you know, the Holy spirit basically falls on him. And then he gets this prophetic word to like open a church, marry his wife, train men. That's sort of the message that you always hear. But mm-hmm. then they play this other episode from early on in his pastoral ship, I guess. And he gives a different account of how he came, came to faith and then came to lead or decide to lead a church and all that. And then I guess he, they reference a newspaper article that he had written years before that as well that gave like a third account that was different. So definitely paints him in a bad light, I think. Yeah, it's just like, so. why are you changing the story? Like, what's going on? Just, I don't know when he brought up the other account. Or the other story. Yeah, I how think, long was that? I think the the main one that they point out was like in two thousand. So after he had been a pastor for a couple of years, I think it was like four years at Mars Hill, and I don't necessarily think that that's like a hundred percent wrong. You know, a lot of times this happens with people. You know, they'll their stories change a little bit. You know, from time to time. So I don't know which one of these stories is right or maybe they're both right even though they sound different because the second one he talked about was how he didn't like he struggled with that verse yeah because he points out that he like oh i read romans and i just didn't like any of it and it's like kind of what he tells in the second point of view but his whole main point of view is he read romans and it immediately changed his life but those i think they don't necessarily have to be those are two totally different stories, though, or reactions. Yeah, and I mean, it is. But odd. I don't know. It's We do this, though. Like, you might change your story a little bit depending on who you're talking to, which you shouldn't. No. <laughs> and again, I, I mean, I'm just trying to make up thoughts in my mind. It makes him look pretty bad. Like, he yeah. basically had this sort of normal conversion story. Met a Christian. It was kind of weird. Took him a while to come to it. But then as he developed into this like big time pastor or whatever, then his story became more like mythical kind of a thing, mm-hmm. which is just weird and you shouldn't do. So I don't know. Did he think one story sounded better or? Well, it does. And that's what the main claim of this episode was. And they talk about this founder's myth. And um, 
they kind of use that to tie to Mark Driscoll that like, if your story as a pastor is like, oh, you know, I had this Bible, I read it, didn't really get it. But then I met this pa- or this other guy and we kind of had some discussions. And over time, I sort of came to an understanding and got saved. That's not a great story. Mm-hmm. But if your story is, I opened the Bible the first time and the Holy Spirit fell on me and I heard the prophetic voice of God, that gives you a sort of gravity like, oh, this dude's a straight up prophet. Like, so, I mean, yeah. it is that like, you're building yourself up, which we've talked about a lot. Mark Driscoll in his early church life and stuff, he had every, he didn't need, in our opinion, some grandiose story. Like his gospel message was all he needed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've told you about how much we enjoyed hearing the stuff that he had to say in these earlier episodes. We were kind of a fan of his, but this one definitely uh, paints him in a bad light. And Then they kind of go into this founder's myth idea a little bit more, the whole like, uh, the, and if you don't know what the founder's myth is, it's basically this idea that like, uh, and they tie it loosely to like Ayn Rand, um, you know, that there's like these titans of industry who, you know, they build these magnificent businesses and creations and they're the ones basically upholding the world and the uh, economies of the world and all these sorts of things. And Without them, you know, the economies would crumble and fall, whatever it happens to be. And, um, you know, Christianity today sort of ties this same myth to Mark Driscoll, that he came up with his own founder's myth. And what's kind of funny, though, is like, uh, and you basically brought this point up to me or pointed it out, that like Christianity today basically disproves their own mm-hmm. point in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so the whole idea of this podcast series, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, is about Mark Driscoll, mm-hmm. this super charismatic, you know, firebrand who built this church in the middle of a godless city, mm-hmm. uh, started from zero, took it to the fastest growing church in the country, biggest, most famous pastor in the country, mega church. He did all of this. And then the second he falls away from the church and resigns, the church crumbles in an instant. So they basically go through, we're at episode, going into episode eight now, (laughs) and they've been spending this whole time telling you that this is, Mark Driscoll was the only factor in this church. He was the foundation of the church, it seemed. Yeah. And then the second he leaves, it crumbles and they go, ah, but this idea of a founder's myth is nonsense. You're like, well, what'd you say in the first seven episodes? Like. You know, I know. That's it, what we've been saying the whole time, though. We were questioning people's faith. Is it really in Christ? Or, you know, if it was, you all wouldn't have fallen away. You would have kept gathering. Why would or the church not exist Or this idea of a anymore? founder's myth is a legit thing. And I, I disagree with Christianity today here. I do believe in the founder's myth to an extent. I'm not entirely sold on it, but I do think that there's certain people um, that definitely drive their industry like. Elon Musk, for one, Um, not to say that I'm sure there's a thousand brilliant people that work with Elon Musk and help him every step of the way. But like Elon Musk is the brand. Um, Mm. He is obviously the owner and all that of like Tesla and SpaceX and all these different things. But like he's also the brand of that. Mm -hmm. When you see Tesla, you see Elon Musk. He promotes it, advertises. He does all these sorts of things. You know, Steve's jobs was this way. 
with um, Apple. You know, they mention, uh, what's the guy's name? Steve Wozniak or whatever, the other founder of Apple. Nobody cares about Steve Wozniak. I don't. And the new new founder (laughs) or the new CEO of Apple, nobody cares about Tim Cook. You couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but you could Steve Jobs. Like, you know, so I'm, (laughs) and I'm also a big fan of Ayn Rand. I don't like her points of view on religion, but I do. And maybe it's weird to say as a Christian, you never really read Ayn Rand. Mm -mm. Um, But, you know, her, one of her big claims is like the virtue of selfishness, which rubs people the wrong way, especially in our liberal collectivist society we live in. Um, But I'm not necessarily opposed to the virtue of selfishness. Uh, I know that's kind of getting off topic here. Maybe we'll discuss Ayn Rand later, but I'm a fan of Ayn Rand. (laughs) I do believe somewhat in the founder's myth. Um, You know, even going back as far as this country to like George Washington, um, George, I mean, not that we didn't have obviously brilliant people all around him, but this nation basically needed George Washington to survive. You know, at least if the Mm. stories are true, right? He obviously you know, general wins the revolutionary war. Um, even as the continental Congress is getting together and formulating the constitution, he's basically there, the glue that holds the constitution, uh, the Mm -hmm. convention together. Yeah. And then even afterwards he retires and the story that I've always heard, and you can correct me if this is wrong or not, but they basically come and knock on his door and say, George, we need you to be president. Mm Mm-hmm. And he turns them down. And I think the quote I've always heard is he basically tells them, have I not already done enough for this country? And they're like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you're the only one that can do it. So, and he does, right? He goes and he serves two terms. And here's a question I'd love for you guys to comment on. I think George Washington is our nation's greatest president. Um, I would love to hear what you guys think about who our greatest president is. I will make my claim with George Washington, but I think he upholds the founder's myth. Um, so hmm. that was just kind of the short episode, but I, I do think those points are interesting. Is there anything else you want to say on that little short episode there? Um, no, we can move on to the, the oh, one I, you're fired no, up I do about. want to make uh, <laughs> one last point. So in the, in the vein of making Mark Driscoll look bad, they do mention a, an Instagram post that he actually just recently put up, I suppose. I don't know what the actual date was, but he basically puts up a, Post on Instagram saying, you know, like this Bible that I'm holding is the same Bible that, you know, I can't remember how they worded, but basically it was the Bible that his girlfriend at the time, who is his wife now, gave him 30 years ago. And that's, you know, as the story goes, the Bible he opened, read Romans 1, Spirit fell, all these sorts of things. So that's the Bible, right? And like he's holding it up, like he still got it. But then I guess apparently somebody actually looked at the picture and was like, that's an ESV Bible, which the ESV didn't come out until 2001, uh, well after Mark Driscoll would have gotten that Bible. And I guess when someone called him out, they basically took the post down. Um, so another That's thing really that weird. makes him look bad. Again, this one mm-hmm. might be easier to explain away. Well, I don't know. They're both pretty hard. <laughs> you, maybe you grabbed the wrong Bible, right? You think it's the one you... Maybe. I don't know. I don't think, I think the whole message of this rise and fall of Mars Hill isn't, it's not so much about the character of Mark. It's about the people who followed him more than it is about him. Because if the people make up the church, it's, it's about them, really. 
Yeah, and that was something I thought about with this episode. Um, when they're talking about his story and all these sorts of things and how it changes to be more like, you know, bombastic and all this sort of stuff. And I had the thought, because we've talked about this a lot, where were the elders around him? And none of them went, don't elaborate on your story, dude. Like just nobody talked him back from this or my thought was going to more of the people like we've talked about before that. Um, I can't think of their names now, the Jesse, um, the media director, yeah. dude. I know um, I forget the, the last executive thing, pastor, both of those guys that like Mark seemed to change once they came on the scene. And I'm like, maybe these dudes were like, Hey man, uh, your, your testimony is pretty weak. Like I wish we should spice that... it up a little bit. And I don't think Mark is the leader that they make him out to be. I think he's a little bit more of a narcissistic follower. So in my mind, and again, this was just something that I thought I was like, maybe Either he was kind of pushed into becoming a little more, you know, exaggerating with mm-hmm. his story, or at the very least, you should have had somebody around you that was like, hey, dude, mm-hmm. uh, why did you just tell people that testimony that's not true? Like, But what's the end goal with Christianity today bizarre. going on, um, you know, with this topic? Like, is the end goal, are we going to say... Mark Driscoll isn't even a Christian. Like, what are we, is it about him? What are we going to conclude at the end of all these episodes? Is it really going to be about who he really is? Are we going to expose him? That's what is it? Nice What's the point they, in all of it? It'd be nice if they actually put another episode out. Yeah, they need to but. look at it from the other. They're just, it is just, seems like they're just attacking him. Him only. Like, why? Yeah. Why are we? Definitely seems what is, to be the What's case. the purpose of it, though? I don't. The end goal. I just, I just want to know. But it is still a good listen, even though it's short. So go give it a listen if you haven't already. And um, yeah, see what you guys think. We'd love to hear from you on these topics. But moving on to um, our open, you know, where's your line? And I'm actually glad that this episode was shorter today because I've been wanting to talk about this. We've been wanting to talk about this for a little bit now. and just never been able to really squeeze it in. But yeah, we opened the show, right? Asking for Christians, for you, for us, where's your line? And, you know, we've been in many conversations lately and we keep coming back to the same thought, you know, with all these conversations that we have with people. And it's that like Christians are willing to basically accept any sin except offending their neighbor. And the verse that jumps out to us um, as we were looking through this was Romans 6 1. So if you want to read Romans 6 1, honey, crazy. It's right here. Oh, I'm sorry. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? That's a really good chapter. Yeah, and then I think and... he goes right on after that to say, um, what's he say? Yeah, he says, by no means, exclamation mark. So pretty fervently, uh, no, we are not to continue in sin so that grace may abound. And I feel like that's what we do in this country anymore. Like, I don't think we consciously do it, but like, I don't, I just don't know where it comes from because it doesn't seem to matter what topic you bring up. Like abortion is something that's obviously in the news right now. 
we've been having conversations with, Christians seem to have no no problem accepting abortion, um, homosexuality, gay marriage, you know, homosexual sin. They have no problem with sex before marriage, drunkenness. It's you know, because they tag something is. else onto them because it's murder for the sake of, you know, women's rights. It's gay marriage for the sake of love. Like you have to have something tagged to it for people to believe it, believe it's not sin. So with any other sin, what are they going to tag onto it to make it, oh, okay, I see that perspective. Okay, that's all right then, you know? But like what sin, and we'd love to hear from you guys, what sin is it that where you think like, no, as a Christian, I have to put my foot down here. And I, you know, the thoughts that we kind of came up with as we were pondering this is maybe, and I think, well, I don't think maybe this is absolutely true. Um, I think a lot of them don't actually know what it means to be a Christian. You know, we did an episode Mm -hmm. just uh, a few episodes ago, and I'll try to have it linked up here. Um, You can go find it. But 60% of Christians, I think they said in church under the age of 40, thought that there was more than one way to heaven, like Buddha and uh, Muhammad were perfectly acceptable routes to heaven. Like where on earth as a Christian, do you hear that message? But even Christians who disagree with that, they still don't know what it means to walk a Christian life. And it is dying to self dying to the flesh. And those lines are, um, to say they're lines where you, you cross over into the flesh and staying on the other side of that line is living in the spirit. When you cross that line, you're living in the flesh. So which lines do you cross that you think are not sin? We need to discuss that. Like the yeah. line. Do you, and when you do cross it, are you convicted? Do you repent quickly? That's the question. It's not about, oh, you sin, oh, so but you're I, going to hell. But no, are you repentant? I would doubt they would be. Like, Because that's like... Why would you repent for something you don't think is wrong? Right. Do you even have a line? Maybe. Like, and that would be a conviction for you. Like, if you're reading the Bible and they're telling you all these things, drunkenness, you know, sexual immorality, all these different sins. Gossip is a big one. I and can you're just like, that. if you're reading it going, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, uh, I feel pretty convicted. Like, um. And I think maybe that's a message that, again, since we don't really know what it means to be Christian, like who's preaching dying to sin? Like, I think another part of this and the problem with it, and we've talked about this a little bit, that we get preached this hyper grace message um, where it's basically there's so much grace that there is no problem with sin anymore. It's just grace, 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 grace. Oh, you sin, but there's grace. Oh, you did, it's grace, grace. Don't but worry about it. But there's grace when you repent and go to Jesus. That's again, I've said this over and over again. That's why he's our high priest. Can't be living in sin. Then why would you even go to Jesus? He, as high priest, you go to him to confess your sins. That's the whole purpose of him being your high priest. So obviously, never go and talk to him if you're living in unrepentant sin. You go to him when you're repenting. That's his job is to forgive you when you repent, when you're asking forgiveness. Yeah. And another thing is like, how do you even read the Bible? And this is something I'm curious about 
like when you open the Bible to read, are you reading it to see what it says and then adjusting your life to what it says? Or are you reading it just affirming what you already believe? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't know how you can read, you know, something you know, I can't think of the first verse John, the one we read before. Yeah, or first John, <laughs> or you know, you read these things in like Corinthians where they tell you, like, hey, these sins will separate you from God. And you don't actually like take that to heart. And Those go, sins are why Jesus oh, died. I need to look myself in right. the eyes. You know, I'm sleeping with my girlfriend and we're not married. Like, this verse sounds like it's talking to me. Like, who else would it apply to? What else would it? be applied to what is a like what does adultery mean because there's people who say oh god knows we love each other so we're not in adultery but this couple over here they're not married but they don't maybe they don't love each other as much as we do so they're in adultery but we're not like where do you draw the line (laughs) and i think that that's a question christians (sighs) need to ask themselves like where is your line because as we're seeing in this world like we're being pushed into a corner um our nation is almost entirely godless. Um, our leaders are entirely godless. And if you don't actually know where your line is, you're just going to continue to backpedal and backpedal. And I mean, I don't know what testimony that is, what gospel message that is, what salvation message that is. I don't know what it is. You know, the last you know point that we kind of brought up was taking notice of those that are on your side. You know, if you're a Christian with a crowd of atheists around you, cheering you on, you know, I don't think you're on the right side. Um, You know, I think you need to be aware of the people that you align with uh, morally. And that should speak to you. And I don't think you should be quick to dismiss the advice of you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. I know just in our own life, I had an issue that I was struggling with and we were pretty set on the course of action we wanted to take. But I know the advice that I would give to somebody is to talk to other people in your church, the elders, seek people's, you know, advice, godly people. And that's what we did. And they gave us advice that was different than what I wanted to do. And we had a couple of long talks that were like, I you know, like we, Mm -hmm. we need to listen. This is advice we would tell other people to take. Mm -hmm. We need to take it too. And, um, I definitely feel more comfortable now with the decision we've made rather than the one we are going to jump into. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we need to do that more just for us personally, but Christians as well. Like we can't be so puffed up in pride and to think that we have all the answers. And that's why we ask you guys to come on Discord, social media, talk to us, open our minds up to different points of view. Can't promise we're going to agree with you, Mm -hmm. but we at least want to hear it. And I think we go into so many conversations where we just assume that we're right. We know the point of view Mm -hmm. and we're not really talking to people to figure anything out. We're just talking to them because we think they need to hear what we have to say. Yeah. You're not going to change anybody's mind despite arguing, I think we need to open up scripture together and say, okay, we both say that we love God and this is what his word says. And this is a specific sin. Um, how might this apply to us? Let's figure out what this sin means. Cause there's some, 
sins in the Bible, I had to look up what they meant. Like, I didn't know what debauchery meant. We don't use that word. I had to look that up. There's some other ones that I, what did that mean? I mean, I don't know when that was. I remember looking it up before, but um, I think we need to discuss those, um, what they look like in our culture, because our culture waters things down and, and we don't recognize sin when it's plain to someone else, to someone else, they, they don't see it that way. And, and it's a loving thing to warn someone if you see they're in sin and you're just told you're being judged. I mean, you are judging, you're judging the fruit. You're not judging in that you're saying you're going to hell. Like, no, you say that you're on the wrong path and I want to lead you back onto the right path um, and remind you, just repent. That's what Jesus is there for. We want you to repent and be in the right path and be saved. I would never want to point out someone's sin and then just cast them off and say, well, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, because that's, I, yeah, I'm being a hypocrite if I'm like that. Yeah. No, I wrote... I- wrote this verse down, um, James 4, 4, and I actually just made a meme of it for Facebook. So if you're not following us on Facebook, you should come and follow us or join our page, whatever you do on Facebook. Um, but James 4, 4, and it says, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And I thought that that went perfectly in line with the thought of like, if you're a Christian with a crowd of atheists cheering you, um, you might be on the wrong side of the fence there. And I just, I think it's important to know and um, open the Bible and read it with fresh eyes, you know, leave your preconceived ideas behind you. Um, Talk to other people. And that's something else that we're just awful in this country at is actually conversating. We don't conversate anymore in this country. We just sit in front of each other and tell each other facts. I know, you know, yeah. But we need I'm to guilty actually, of that. We all are. And, you know, we need to be yeah. more mindful of just talking and listening, you know, that active listening they always talk about and hear all those other people's points of view and then be humble enough to go, you know, they might be right. You know, even if I don't agree with them, let me just think about it for a little bit. Yeah, Ask them to, an extra question on the idea and yeah, yeah. try to flush it out instead of just being like, I'm you know, I'm pro-abortion and I'm like, well, I'm pro, I'm pro-life. Like, well, you're an idiot. Oh yeah. Well, you're an idiot too. Then like, instead of being like, well, why are you pro-choice? Oh, well, I think it's for this reason. You're like, okay, well, yes, you know, whatever that's admirable for why you believe it, but let me point to you. And then they can, you know, go back and forth. Hey man, this, let me show you where you're wrong. Let me show you where I think you're wrong. Ultimately, like, you know, you're going to have to come to your own conclusions and hopefully that is based on scripture, but like, man, we just need to be more open and humble. And, um, yeah, another call out to pastors. If you happen to be listening to this, like you need to start preaching the penalty, like the wages of sin. Mm-hmm. Cause when we've gone through the stats, Christians don't know what it means to be Christian in this country. And you know, when you're more afraid of offending your neighbor down the street than offending God, uh, I think your theology's wrong, and I think you know you need a, a hard look in the mirror and probably get on your knees and repent, you know, for where you've been misled and where you may have misled others, because um, that's even more dangerous. So, yeah, I just I really want to get um, 
I don't know. I don't want to say I'm being self-righteous. I think we need to remember that we've been forgiven of so much and how blind we used to be. Like we forget that and we do quickly like get angry at people when they don't understand Christianity and I don't know. We can get in a way where we mock them for being unbelievers as if I chose God on my own and I was so intelligent to choose God. You know what I mean? Like God is the one who opened my eyes. And instead of me getting so mad at people for not understanding a moral issue when they're not even believers to begin with, like I need to just stop arguing with them and need to pray for them. And well, it definitely make us a more um, pleasant society. I mean, we're so filled with hate and anger in this nation. Yeah. Um, and if we would just actually see people the way we want to be seen, you know, yeah. then, you know, you might be more willing to walk in love and be patient and kind and all that sort, sort of thing. But well, that's what my, I think my downfall is, I don't know, a sin. Like I need prayer in that, especially with social media. I get caught well, up. That in is something we and... need prayer in, and we talk about it amongst ourselves. That, like, as we draw closer to God, and you know, we have in a lot, the last year or two, we've gotten a lot closer to God. We have to catch ourselves to not become more judgmental of people that don't seem to be drawing as close as we think we or are. Or drawing lines where we've decided to draw lines. Like, yeah, our know. eyes. I don't know. I think are just open. We used to be very lukewarm, and I think we can be quick to judge those who were in the same place we were even like three years ago, and I don't know. I just thank God. I'm like, I don't know. Somehow my eyes were open to my lukewarmness, and I don't want to harshly judge somebody, but... But it's almost like we're not even moving further down the track. Like, all we did was move like sideways. Like, we're (laughs) still just as far back because now we're more judgmental. Right, right. Even yes. though we advanced as far as our understanding, we've become more. So it's like two steps forward, two steps back, and we're in the same spot. So yes, we definitely need prayer. We're Be just as guilty about as that. anybody. Um, but yeah. yeah, we just, you know, we want you guys to ask that question to yourself. Like, actually think about it. Like, where's my line? Where is that point in my Christian faith where if somebody said, you know, hey, whatever, I'm doing this, or I want you to do this, where you would make a hard stand, like, I will go to my grave before I do that, before I give in to that sin. Um, Because, I mean, you can read the end of the book, like, life isn't getting any better for Christians, you know. Um, You're going to have to become more resolute in your faith. So um, as we get ready to end this episode, honey, is there anything else that you would like to say? No, I just wanted to bring up, pray for us on that thing you brought up, or two steps forward, but then we're going two steps back because we went forward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we need to be careful lest we fall. Um, because we can fall. We can cross that line. Like Satan can tempt us. Life happens. We can be tempted in ways we've never been tempted. Life can just take a turn that you don't see coming and you don't know how you're gonna your flesh might wanna cross the a line because you're offended or whatever happens. Yeah, we we are we are just as weak without, you know, we're just as weak as we were 10 years ago. The only difference is, I don't know, God moving mighty in our lives, him changing our hearts. It's not us. It's just him. 
I am, I'm no more powerful than, you know, I mean, I I'm just not, more. but I, I know my words are getting all mixed I'm up. Just, Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm picking up what you put I'm down. weak. <laughs> no, we just want to encourage you guys. This isn't meant to be a condemning message. Um, even though it does get me fired up. Um, it's just because man, we need to, we need to look different. And I think that's mm. my big problem with American Christianity is we don't look different. Yeah. You know, like what is, what is the unsaved world supposed to see and want in our lives? Yeah. If we look and do everything, like we look the way they look, we do what they do. We talk how they talk, live how they live. Yeah. What per, like what, what can we offer them? Right. You know, and we need to start looking different. Um, and that starts with us expanding on our understanding and our knowledge, growing in our faith, growing in our, you know, faith walk and our everything, prayer life, interactions with others, um, so that you can start pulling people in and they can start seeing the way you live and the way that you interact and talk and all these sorts of things that looks different. It yeah. sounds different. And it might actually lead them to asking you, Hey, why, what is so different about you? You know, and now you've got a gospel opportunity because that's what it's ultimately all about is the gospel. And, um, I had this verse from James that I just wanted to end on. And it's James chapter five, verses 19 and 20. And it says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Mm. And that's why we need to be sure in our faith that we can bring our brothers back from sin. Mm-hmm. Um, even our fellow, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, but then obviously the unsaved world and cover them from a multitude of sins. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then people will, and this is important you brought this up because when you go to, correct a brother in Christ and they might want to say, judge not lest ye be judged. No, this is the truth. But he just read, you will cover a multitude of sins. You will save them from death. No, you'll be judged if we don't correct you. That's the thing. That's love. And that's the point we've had with a couple different people. It's not loving to hold somebody's hand and make them feel comfortable as you walk them to hell. That's not love. Love is telling them they're wrong, even to the point where it's uncomfortable, or maybe you lose friendships or whatever it happens to be. But when you're walking in the truth, pointing them to the truth, that's love. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to love somebody when you're walking them down the wide road that leads right. to death. That's not real love, even if it makes them feel good. So that's what we want to try to impress on you guys today. That's what we need impressed on us. Um, so that's all we got for you guys today. We'll be back on Saturday. This is our first Wednesday episode. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it was good. We were a little unprepared. Mars Hills let us down or Christianity today let us down with not having a real episode to review, <laughs> but on Saturday, we'll be coming back with kind of a weekly wrap up, kind of a Christian's view of the news of the week, looking at the big stories kind of through a Christian lens. And um, yeah, that's all we got for you guys today. Love you. God bless.